trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Carol Van Strum, Alan Adelson, Kate Taverna, and Bill Lyons, featured activist, filmmakers, and local presenter of the riveting, award-winning documentary film, The People versus Agent Orange. Carol Van Strum is a writer, bookseller, ruthless editor, chronic book reviewer, aged parent, and seasoned troublemaker. Her books include A Bitter Fog, Herbicides and Human Rights, The Oreo File, No Margin of Safety, and The Politics of Penta. She has been a proofreader and toxics legal researcher for environmental lawyers since 1975 and was sole editor and online book reviewer for the Department of the Planet Earth until the demise of its founder as well as researcher and copy editor for mangabay.com and Tropical Conservation Science Journal. Kate Taverna and Alan Adelson have collaborated on four documentary features, including In Bed with Ulysses from 2012, Uj Ghetto, 1989-1990, as well as Two Villages in Kosovo, 2006. Edelson was European production coordinator for the Oscar-winning short film one Survivor Remembers, HBO 1995, which also won three Emmy Awards. As an investigative reporter and writer, Adelson made worldwide headlines with his articles in Esquire and the Wall Street Journal, revealing the disappearance of enriched plutonium from a nuclear reprocessing plant. Taverna has edited over 50 documentaries in her career, Asylum, 2004, and Killing in the Name, 2011, were Academy Award nominees in Best Short Documentary category. The feature length, Pray the Devil Back to Hell, won Best Documentary at the 2008 Tribeca Film Festival, and the award-winning She's Beautiful When She's Angry, 2014, was released theatrically nationwide and globally on Netflix. Los Sures, 1984, premiered at the New York Film Festival, was reprogrammed in 2014, and went on to a nationwide theatrical release. Bill Lyons is a co-organizer of Columbus Community Bill of Rights, a group that is working to protect the water of Columbus metro area from toxic and radioactive fracking waste. Bill is also the president of the Ohio Community Rights Network. OHCRN, whose mission is to establish a network of just communities in Ohio working to advance community rights and rights of parrots. <laughs> that's that's um, Alan and Kate's parrot. You'll be hearing a parrot throughout the uh, show. Bill has helped produce a four-part democracy film series this year, sponsored by OHCRN and Simply Living. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Yesterday, I had the privilege to preview the People versus Agent Orange documentary. I am profoundly moved by your story, Carol, and that of Nga Tran, told with superb integrity and artistry by you, the filmmakers, Alan and Kate. Thank you for joining us today. We're honored to be here. Thank you. The People versus Agent Orange. Carol, you're from rural Oregon. How did this journey of yours begin? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it, it began with my four children be, being sprayed by a, a county spray truck that was 
spraying roadsides and they were down by our river, which runs right alongside the road and nobody saw them. And they got doused with a mixture that was 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T, the same mixture that was known as Agent Orange and used in Vietnam. We didn't know that at the time, but they all got very, very sick. Everything in the river died and that was the beginning of a very long journey. <laughs> Alan and Kate, you are seasoned and award-winning documentarians. How did you decide to take on this behemoth, David and Goliath story? Your question is very sensitive, Carol, and it, doing a documentary like this is an enormous undertaking. Um, in fact, it has taken me 10 years to uh, bring it to this point. It began... Um, at a party, a typical New York City story, young woman, an actress um, said, so you make documentary films, you have to show the world these children. They're the saddest children I've ever laid eyes on. And nobody knows about them and nobody cares about them. They were uh, deformed kids whose parents or who had themselves been exposed to Agent Orange, which the U.S. military used in Vietnam during the war in Vietnam. And I didn't want to do it. Um, tell you the truth, I thought it was an old story uh, in a world with new problems. But the investigative journalist in me, staring at the pictures this young woman was showing me, started sort of whispering in my subconscious, if you could show that corporate decisions knowingly brought about these tragic figures uh, for the sake of profit, then making this film would be a cautionary tale that could help humanity in general. And here we are 10 years later, and I think our goal is being satisfied. Um, we're much encouraged. Kate, how about you? Uh, well, I didn't get involved until five years ago when Alan, when we actually found Madame Tron, because you need a character to take you through a story like this. It can't be just a polemic. And um, we started working together on it and fundraising at the same time as finding the story. And two years after we found Madame Tron, we found Madam Carol Van Strum. And, uh, and then we found later than that, we found other characters like Admiral Zumwalt, whose son had also died from his exposure in Vietnam from Agent Orange that was sprayed in the, in the areas that his, that his boat had gone through in the war. And uh, we also found Daryl Ivey, the man who starts the film, who's working on a helicopter. Now, a lot of people have heard the word Agent Orange but don't really know what it is, why it was made, what it was used for. Can you give us a brief description? Carol, let's start with you. What is Agent Orange? Well, basically, it, I mean, it, technically it's an herbicide, meaning it's meant to kill plants. And it's a mixture of the chemicals 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T, which are phenoxy herbicides and both actually contain dioxins and dioxin. We, we hear a lot today about forever chemicals, meaning the, the fluorocarbons, whatever they're called. Um, but 
dioxin is is a absolute forever chemical. It takes billions of years to break down the basic molecule. And it was the Agent Orange, the mixture was loaded with dioxin and one chemical in there, 2,4-D, is still being used very, very widely in this country, everywhere on roadsides, golf courses, playing fields, and lawn care. So it's, it's not just an old story. These chemicals are still being used. So it has a very, you know, euphemistic word, herbicide. Right. Um, so why was this created? Why was um, Alan or Kate, why was Agent Orange developed? Well, the military supposition was that if they could destroy the jungle canopy in Vietnam, they would be able to see the Viet Cong, the insurgents, down on the the ground and be able to bomb them to bits. Typical to uh, military planning, they were far off from their target by, in fact, by spraying the tops of those treetops, they allowed sunlight to reach the forest floor. And as a result, bamboo and what they now call American grass grew up and gave far better cover to the insurgents than the jungle trees had in the first place. No matter, they sprayed for 10 years. uh, And as Carol said, the dioxin in the herbicide side that they use will not go away. And it continues to contaminate their food supply and their drinking water and to deform children and cause generation after generation of cancer. As you said, Carol, it has, what, a billion years half-life? Right. So once this chemical herbicide is sprayed on a community or on a forest or on a clear-cut forest, it's forever either in the soil or it either goes into the streams. And it gets into the food chain, which is how most people would get exposed to it. And as it gets into the food chain, it builds concentrations build up. So you start off with, you know, a very dilute amount of it, say in the little organisms that fish eat, then the fish eat them and it concentrates in their tissues and then people eat the fish. So all the way up the food chain, it is increasing all the time. And, and it's not just dioxin. You got to realize these, they're poisons. They're known as economic poisons. That's their legal term. They kill everything. It's just the way they kill is different. But in terms of what they do to plants, it's very similar to what they do to humans. They cause cancerous growth, like uncontrolled growth of cells in the plant that eventually that just choke the plant off and kill it. And that's what happens in not just humans, but any animals too. And these are chemicals that should never have been developed. That's, that's it. I know farmers all around the world are now totally dependent on poisons to grow their crops, but the whole idea of poisoning your food in order to grow it is kind of <laughs> somehow defies logic. It almost seems diabolical. Yeah. 
Now, I'm going to just step back a bit because this film, in my eyes, only one viewing, which I do want to see it again, it, it, it really focuses on two parallel lives, that of yours and Nya Tran. And uh, Nya is Vietnamese and the story starts before she's exposed to Agent Orange and then transitions to right now. And your story, Carol, starts when the uh, uh, helicopter or airplane sprayed Agent Orange over your rural home near Clearcut Forests. Was mm-hmm. that correct? That's right. So I want to see, for me, that's incredibly powerful. You've brought these two very, very powerful, well-researched stories and put them together. So many people can identify with either one or two or more elements of this story. When did they come to, I know you talked about it, but when did you decide that, yes, we need to tell these two stories together? Kate, Alan. In 2018, when we found Carol, we were already following the story of Tron, Tonya, and um, we had, and, and it just, Carol's story appeared and we thought this is unbelievable. We need to be able to put this into the, the film we're already building. So it was a, an awakening. And it was also a moment to say, okay, now how do we structure it? How do we make that? How do we make them organically together along with all the other people who are passionately involved with trying to bring it to justice, trying to find accountability. So it was a fair of a job. It was one of the most difficult films I've ever put together. And such an important film. Thanks. Bill, I would like to pull you into this. Bill, you are the uh, president of the Ohio Community Rights Network. What brought you to working with Carol, Alan, and Kate? Well, like I mentioned, we started this Democracy Film Festival. And then we, we looked at several really powerful films that look at our system. And when I talk about our system, we can talk about the regulatory system, the political system, the judicial system and how, you know, we can talk about what kind of democracy do we really have? And if we have a democracy, shouldn't people be allowed to decide in their communities that they don't want to let harmful things take place? And we see over and over again, for lots of reasons, the uh, powers of corporations, the coercion or the uh, working together with the agencies, uh, the government agencies is working to protect us, politicians, the court systems, that the system is not working well and uh, does harm to people. And so this film just connected that very powerfully. Carol, you and your group, CATS. (laughs) Uh, with citizens against toxic sprays. <laughs> I love that name because it's pretty straightforward. What are the tactics that you all used to stop this toxic spraying? And then you ended up working. Are you still working with community rights? Yes. Well, so let's start where you started and um, go well, through. It's, well, it started started innocuously enough with a letter to the editor that I sent to the local paper, and because we. We didn't know other people were noticing what we had seen with our kids getting sick, livestock, gardens dying, everything. And people came out of the woodwork, so to speak, and said, yes, the same thing. Oh, and their horror stories were even worse than ours, you know, and including, you know, people being unable to bear children, having 14 miscarriages. And anyway, we, so we ended up with a community meeting. We, I live in a small valley. Uh, there are about 50 
there were probably maybe 60 or 70 families then because we had a mill operating here. And people got together and, well, first tried to, because this was government spraying, it was federal land that they were spraying and nobody knew quite what to do. Uh, First, we approached the Forest Service figuring, well, (laughs) if they knew what was happening, they wouldn't do this. Well, (laughs) that was totally naive. And we eventually found a lawyer that was willing to work for what we could make in bake sales. And we ended up suing the federal government. It was a terrifying thing to do. Nobody had ever thought of such a thing. And we actually won uh, a a court decision, a judge's decision that the Forest Service couldn't use this stuff without examining what was happening, not just here, but in Vietnam. And that was the beginning of a long series of appeals and all the different things that happened in court. But it also led eventually to EPA issuing first an emergency suspension of one of those chemicals, the Agent Orange chemicals, 245T, and eventually thanks to uncovering some covered up documents. Uh, they actually, the co- companies that made it, Dow Chemical, Monsanto, and the other ones agreed to withdraw their registrations rather than have all the information we had collected come to light. So, but it was a long slog and none of us had done anything like this before. So it was a learning curve. <laughs> Like every community that fights uh, yes. toxic, toxic invasion, we all start off like, "What's going on?" I can't believe they're you know they don't know about it, and then right. you find out they knew they know about it, exactly. and then you you approach them via legal tactics, which work in many many ways. And then just I want to hear a little bit about your connection with the community rights. How have you been working with them to get your to stop this toxic invasion? Okay, well, we're jumping 40 years forward here to the current day, because I had written a book, A Bitter Fog, about our experience, and it was published back in 1983, and then it's been republished since several times. But um, <laughs> some local people were concerned not about federal use of chemicals on the forest, because we stopped that, um, and but timber companies and the state, which owns forest land in Oregon, we're continuing to use poisons just unbelievably um, on all their clear cuts, which are extensive. And anyway, some local people got together and formed Lincoln County Community Rights. And at some point, they they actually won a voter, what do they call it? Ballot box initiative, you could call it. Yes, it was an initiative that, that in Lincoln County would ban the use of aerial spraying for any reason of poisons. And of course, industry immediately challenged this in court, even though, I mean, that's, that's the thing is the voters passed this measure. It was like a statement of the way the people wanted things, but the corporations filed lawsuits and eventually won a decision saying no state law preempts any local control over these these kinds of activities and so have you dropped your um... no no (laughs) no okay good part of their measure involved uh rights of nature rights of the ecosystem to um have its needs represented in court 
if mm -hmm. anybody chose to speak for them. And so they asked me, I guess because of my long history here, to be that person and in the court. And so that has been part of the appeals and everything through that process. And uh, the way I saw it was they asked me to be the Lorax and speak for the trees, for the river. And that's been very, uh, I don't know, it's, it's to me, it was a, a real honor. I, I have to say that. When well-deserved with your fight and your knowledge. And it's still going on. We've got now appealing that court decision to the state Supreme Court, and we'll see what happens. Okay, well, we want to follow it and um, share it because there's a lot of people in Ohio that are working on community rights in different areas of issues, like frack waste, dumping, pollution of water, even glyphosate and that kind of um, pollution. I want to ask you, because I've noticed in the um, in the movie that Dow Industries was mentioned quite a bit. And then at the end, uh, Monsanto was mentioned a bit more. Kate or Alan, do you want to tell us a little bit how they're related or at all? Sure. They are culpable of similar actions of collusion in a cover-up, and they use the same bag of tricks. Uh, Monsanto in the past couple of years has been really under huge scrutiny for their production of Roundup and the tens of thousands of soft tissue cancer cases that have brought lawsuits against Monsanto. And I have to say um, that capitalism is punishing Monsanto and uh, Bayer, the German chemical conglomerate that bought Monsanto because there are so many lawsuits pending over Roundup, the corporation's stock evaluation has gone down so far that the company has lost more money uh, in its stock valuation than it paid for this giant herbicide and plant um, species uh, corporation, uh, Monsanto. And that dynamic is continuing. And I don't trust uh, the marketplace or the stock market to continue to uh, rule in a way that will bring justice where the courts are not. But it is kind of exciting. And it does, I think, chasten the chemical companies that they can be held responsible. The community right um, movement, which you're calling attention to, Carolyn, is up against this very, very difficult dynamic that Carol mentioned, which is the preemption of local initiatives by state and national powers, uh, which are far more influenced by corporate lobbying. And as long as the communities are denied the right to defend themselves, we have a very deeply seated civic problem on our hands. And the American legal and environmental system is up for grab. 
the people need to assert their rights to defend themselves, to protect themselves, as Carol says in the film, from being poisoned. She says we have the right to protect ourselves from being poisoned. But what she really means is we have to fight for that right. Which she has been doing for several decades. And which um, your other wonderful woman, Nya Tran, is currently doing. I don't want to do a spoiler alert because I don't want to tell anything that people won't. um, I want people to see the movie. So let's tell quickly, Bill, how can people watch this important documentary film? Well, I know because when uh, this show will be broadcast, uh, if you're listening to the program this Friday, there's still time that you can sign up and watch the film and participate in our Q&A with uh, Alan and and Carol here this Sunday at 2 p.m. However, if you're listening to this program on Sunday, you can still sign up and have 24 hours to watch the film. So if you sign up on Friday, you'll have basically 48 hours to watch ahead of time. So you just go to Ohio CRN, that stands for Ohio Community Rights Network, ohiocrn.org, and under events, you'll see the Democracy Film Series where you can register for this film, The People versus Agent Orange. Thank you, and Carol, If people want to reach out to you and find out more about your work, where can they find more information? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, there's my book, A Bitter Fog, which has been now in several editions. We keep updating it. So that's one good source. And stay in touch with the National Community Rights Organization, which is following what's going on here in Lincoln County. And... Well, Alan and Kate, you list a whole bunch of other organizations, too, at the end of the film that give people access to further information. There's lots out there. Kate, tell us how people can find out more about the movie and all the research you've done. Um, it's We now have a website. It's called The People versus Agent Orange. That's the people and then VS, Agent Orange, fully spelled out, dot com. And there's a resource page on that website that gives them all the organizations that Carol's talking about that they can get in touch with or follow through or everything links to those organization websites. There's a trailer on there. There's a poster and there's a listing for screenings. So they can find it on Amazon.com also. They can find it on iTunes and Apple TV. It's, It's everywhere. And everyone should watch it. It's profoundly, incredibly well done. Your artistry is superb. Your research is is impeccable. And the people's lives are so powerful and and have become my heroes. I ask everyone to reach out to Ohio Community Rights Network. What is that website again, Bill? Ohio C-R-N, Community Rights Network, dot org. All right. I am talking with people fighting for environmental, economic, racial, and social justice and it's hard and it's exhausting. But here we find people that have gone very deep into two very important journeys. Don't miss it. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP, Wheeling, Mountsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. 
You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.